radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Agile FM. Today I have, you know, I've been waiting for Joshua Karievsky for a long, long time because your name came across in conference manuals and content and everywhere. Uh, since 1996 or something like that, when Industrial Logic was founded, I have Joshua here on the podcast. He is the CEO and the founder of that company. And um, there are two things we want to talk about. They're both related to joy of agility today, because that is the title of his brand new book uh, that is to be released very soon, as well as his keynote for the Agile 2022 conference in Nashville. Before we go all into this, welcome to the podcast, Joshua. Joe, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here, obviously. And uh, yeah, just appreciate uh, the, the opportunity to chat with you. That is fantastic, Joshua. Um, as I said, you have been in the Agile community for a long, long time. You even have released a book. Uh, we're not going to talk about this book. Uh, it's an award-winning book. It's Refactoring to Patterns that was released in 2004. Now, the next book is on the shelf, Joy of Agility. That took 18 years. There's an 18-year break. Was the release and the writing of the first book such a pain that it took 18 years? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, writing books is hard, hard work. Um, I mean, you know, it's uh, if you want to write a book that has any kind of enduring value, then, yeah, you have to really dig deep. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I, did a, I made a lot of e-learning in between those periods. Um, e-learning is very challenging in its own right and multimedia e-learning content that really helps people learn skills and spend a lot of time doing that in between but um yeah agile is also a complicated topic so i i really was learning and learning and learning and not wanting to mm -hmm. just encode stuff in a book before i felt like i had something that um, i felt could be really valuable to share yeah your linkedin profile reads extremely humble you know um lifelong learner since 1996, you've been in the Agile community. Um, you will call yourself a global citizen. But, you know, if I read this profile correct, you have definitely a little bit of an uh, um, affiliation with Italy and everything related to Italy. So you're a global citizen, but you are biased, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in New York City, which, I, you know, is a true melting pot. So um, I'm so, so thankful that I that happened because... Um, you know, in New York City, you have every race and gender and and just every kind of imaginable person um, under the sun. And uh, so you just develop an incredible appreciation for different kinds of people mm -hmm. and different kinds of food. And, uh, and, and, and then luckily in my in my business travels, I've gotten to, you know, travel to many parts of the globe. And um, I, I really just love that. I love appreciating how things are different elsewhere, and uh, it's it's a it's a pleasure to to meet people. I, I you know a lot of times I, I get mistaken for the uh, natives when I go to a, a particular country. Like uh, you know, in France they start speaking to me in French. I don't know why. Or, or you know, in Brazil they think they can speak to me in, in Portuguese. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen in Japan, but um, okay. you know, I'm I'm working on that. Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. What, what does it look like? Is it the food? Is it the fashion? Is it the lifestyle? Or I don't know. I guess I don't look so American <laughs> or something. Okay. Right. Um, well, you also you also describe yourself as a tennis player. As far as I, you know, what I what I think I can tell is like you're pretty 
good in uh, in the sport of tennis. Do you see any connection between tennis and agility? Uh, well, to be quite honest, I mean, if we were not recording this podcast, I'd, my eyes would be glued to Wimbledon right now because uh, uh, Emma Emma Raducanu is, a, is an up and coming uh, British star, and she's she's she was down a set, so. Uh, mm -hmm. She's uh, an amazing uh, athlete. So, but yeah, I love to watch tennis. I love, um, I love the tennis is a very mental, emotional and physical game. It really, and it's a deeply mental game at a certain point with the pros, they, they know that a lot of times they all have the same skill level, but it's the mental game that becomes so important. And some of the top players even have, uh, you know, therapists or, or um, you know, these psychologists that travel with them mm -hmm. and, help help them because you know how you think out there on the court makes a huge difference to your performance mm -hmm. um i love to watch um watch tennis and play tennis it's a um, it's a lifelong love of mine and um i i, I see a lot of analogies between sports and business mm -hmm. absolutely i mean you're definitely right mentally right i uh, most likely did not play on the level as you did, but I used to play some tennis and it, it's not easy to serve on a match point against you, right? And uh, and how to deal with a situation like that. So uh, definitely, there's, a, there's definitely a mental challenge, if, especially if it's a close game. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, being able to relax, I've discovered is so utterly important if you can, if you can just not get tense. And so again, that comes back to emotions. It comes back to mm -hmm. the mental game. So, uh, and I'm not that good. I, I, I injure myself too much lately as I'm getting older and, uh, and I'm trying to learn how to play injury free. Yeah. And we need you injury free in Nashville because you're going to do the, uh, the keynote. So we need you on stage for that. So uh, uh, move all the tennis past that. Also, it's the book is called The Joy of Agility, not The Joy of Tennis. So let's talk a little bit about that, right? Yes, um, yes. You have a website um, out. It's called thejoyofagility.com. It's obviously linked to the, to the book, which is currently still on pre-order, so it, you, people can pre-order it. Um, yes. Do you have anything, um, just before we go a little bit into depth of what's going on in the book, is like when it's going to be published and for sale? Yeah. It will be, uh, you know, in print, it will be in print February 7th, 2023. Mm -hmm. um, so you can pre-order it now. And um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really excited about um, this book. I'm, it took a lot of work. It took, um, it, it went in directions that I didn't expect as I wrote it. So it, it I definitely follow a very uh, agile approach to writing. Mm -hmm. And um, that means that there's a lot of emergence and evolutionary design. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I don't pre-plan every chapter or every, the structure of the book was not pre-planned. Okay, yeah. Uh, it kind yeah. of emerged. And yeah. what emerged kind of surprised me. It took me, took me completely by surprise. Uh, what eventually emerged and um yeah we can get into that but i i'm i'm super excited about this book it's very very different from most agile books okay all right so let's let's organize this a little bit I, i'm curious to hear what kind of detours uh you had i think every author out there probably dealt with some course corrections in in the writing process but yes. i would expect you in particular to deal with those kind of changes in a very interesting way you know just based on your background the agile community so what what came out as a as a finding where you felt like the book took a turn well i mean uh what i what i started to do 
before I even conceived the book was simply to to note that um, I, first of all, I, I I love stories. I find that stories are the stickiest things around mm -hmm. um, in terms of sticking to your brain. A good story can stick really well, much better so than like a hypothesis or or some kind of a maxim or whatever. A story a story can be sticky. So I'm I love stories. I've been telling stories for years, and I started a small collection of stories to explain to people what does agility really look like. So I started writing these stories, and whenever I write anything, you know, I put it in front of people as soon as possible. Early draft. Hey, what do you think? Yeah, this makes sense to you. Um, anything you'd suggest to improve? So I, I do continuous integration with other humans. Yeah, uh, continuous refinement. You know, mm -hmm. uh, of the language. And so my my writings go through tremendous amount of of uh, refinement over time. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I started collecting some stories about what does real agility look like, and and I'm. You know, part of me, is, what's driving me is that Agile is not sprinting. Agile is not doing stand-up meetings. We've come to, some people have come to think that Agile is just these rituals, you know, or the roles. So if you put the roles and the rituals together, you're Agile. Well, not really. I mean, there's, there's people that are Agile who never even use the word Agile. Mm -hmm. who don't sprint and do stand-up meetings, right? Uh, a lawyer could be agile. A surgeon could be agile. A dancer could be agile. Um, a, a, a team of accountants could actually be really agile when it comes to some challenge. Uh, mm -hmm. Agility has existed for centuries. And I wanted to highlight what does that look like? I also wanted to deal with a, you know, ongoing question that people have for me, which is, you know, I created these four modern agile principles. Mm -hmm. And people say, great, that's awesome, but what do we do? What do we do? You're not telling us what to do. You're just giving us principles. So the book also is trying to say, okay, if you want to know what to do, here's some things that people do when they're really, really agile. Mm -hmm. And so it's looking at all kinds of aspects of what people do when they're agile. However, it's not specific to any given profession or any given human endeavor. Right. Um, I, I covered... I have stories about biking. I have stories about entrepreneurship. I have stories about, um, you know, psychological safety or one fellow who created a bunch of balloons, water balloons that could be uh, created in seconds. I mean, there's all kinds of stories that ultimately point back to different aspects of agility. So how do these six mantras that you outline in, in, in your book. So the, the whole book is organized around these six mantras. How do they connect to what you just said? All right, so um, first of all, I didn't know I'd be writing about mantras. I didn't <laughs> expect that at all. That was, uh, that was where the emergence came in. So what happened was, started writing stories of agility, mm -hmm. my favorite stories, and that grew and grew, that pile of stories grew. And I started to realize, oh, you know, this could be a book. So at some point I had, I don't know, 60 stories, 70 stories, wow. maybe maybe more. And um, I showed them to a, um, a book agent mm -hmm. and he said, well, this is great, but that's not organized. I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta be organized, which I knew, I just hadn't done that yet. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, all right, all right, all right. It's time to start organizing. How am I going to do this? And 
I'd have to read the read the stories very closely again and think, well, what what is this really trying to say? Mm-hmm. And of all the stories I wrote, um, some of them are personal stories. Some of them are stories of others that I admire. Um, but there's a coach from UCLA. He's he's passed away, but uh, his name was the coach John Wooden, mm-hmm. and um, he's considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. And uh, he's written books. Many books have been written about him. Mm-hmm. There was some stuff that I encountered in, in writing my book that uh, I did. I did a lot of research on Wooden. I'm continuing to research Wooden. I'm, I'm actually reading a, a book written by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the famous, uh, I think, seven foot two basketball player from Harlem, um, not too far from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote a book about it's called, you know, uh, Coach John Wooden and Me. And it's an incredible detailed account of their relationship of 50 years. Um, what I learned there was that Coach Wooden used mantras to help his team, to help his players become champions. And that there were certain mantras that were repeated every day, many times per day. Mm-hmm. So I started to really love this concept of, of mantras and uh, one of John Wooden's most important mantra was uh, be quick, but don't hurry. Right. And that was something on top of my mind. So I started looking again at the categories of these stories. Where does each story fit? And it's, a lot of them started to clearly fit into that category. Be quick, but don't hurry. Mm-hmm. For example, Tom DeMarco is, is known for many, many books. He's an industry icon and guru. Um, and one of his books that I love the most is, is called Slack. Mm-hmm. It's not about the tool Slack. It was written long right. before that, but it's yeah. about having time, having Slack in your schedule, having time, spaces in your schedule to just think, to just learn, to slow down a little bit, maybe to improve, to get faster ultimately. Um, and that's that's a story. It's like, well, this clearly belongs in that that area of be quick, but don't hurry. Uh, so. You know, basically the stories started to coalesce into different sections, which I started to see as mantras. Be quick, but don't, and I didn't make these up, right? A lot of these are mantras that uh, others said. So be quick, but don't hurry. It's a John Woodenism. Mm-hmm. Uh, another mantra in the book is drive out fear. And that's, you know, W. Edwards Deming, very, mm-hmm. very, very famous for saying that, that the leader's job is to drive out fear. Um, but a lot of the stories I have were about, Hmm, how do you drive out fear? How do you do that? What do people do to make mm-hmm. that possible? Uh, so over time, um, you know, the mantras evolved. You know, a few times I'd be like, okay, that's the mantra. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of months later, I'd be like, nope, I got to revise it. It's slightly different. And there's more to it than that. So the, um, the six mantras you have are like these grouping categories where you organize your stories in? That's correct. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. So now, now that that exists, I, I look at them and I say, wow. You know, that's like the DNA of agility right there. If you can practice these mantras, um, you will get closer and closer and closer to being genuinely agile. And I'm not talking about following a framework, following a manifesto, Mm -hmm. following someone's process. This is about actual genuine agility, which is being quick, easy, and graceful in your movement or your bearing, or being uh, quick, resourceful, and adaptable. Mm-hmm. In, in life and challenges and how you approach things. 
Yeah. And those words, I, I, all of those words, I think are this wave. It's like, it's just like a wave just came over you. I just said a definition or two. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think any given definition has to be explored. You have to get deeper into it. What does that really mean? What does, what do we mean by quick and what do we not mean? We don't mean hurrying. We don't mean rushing. We also don't mean going slow in a bad way, what? right? Bad slow where you're just like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. Yeah, You know, uh, imagine ordering something at a store where you're like, this should have come out by now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't, you don't go to a drive through and wait an hour for the, for the food to be delivered. Right. Um, good, slow, there's bad, slow. So there's, what's the difference between good and bad, slow, yeah. right? Sometimes so you got to slow down. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, what you said, I think you said something along the lines of, this is not about, you know, sprinting and agility, right? Or the daily standards. The word sprinting in particular, how does that relate for you in terms of quick and hurrying? Well, I think it's, I mean, you know, it's, you're, you're trying to get to a point where um, John Wood would call it quickness under control. So he would have uh, freshmen from various high schools around America who are champion freshmen, champion players in their high schools. Now they get to university. Now they're at UCLA, a premier school. Well, guess what? They're not going to get to play much. Mm-hmm. Um, the veterans were, would play the, the, you know, the upperclassmen would play the most, even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sat on the bench as a freshman. Um, but the, uh, the thing that they learned was not to hurry. And most of them hurried. Most of them would just do things in an uncontrolled way. Wooden wanted quickness under control. So he first had to slow them down to the point where they can understand the wooden style of playing, mm-hmm. then they could practice doing it faster and faster and faster and faster, right? So uh, both elements were there, slowing, good slowing down to learn, mm-hmm. and then speeding up, speeding up, speeding up through tons of practice. That's very interesting. Um, and, and the reason I'm, I'm asking for that is because I'm, I myself, like recently I've been working on, on, on things like that where I would be like, remove the time box and just like work on something, see the results, right? Um, yes. You know, I, I refer to that as the, as the, as the cutoff, but it's very similar to what you're describing here. That's why I'm so uh, intrigued by this, right? Because there's a certain speed to work, but you know, it doesn't mean necessarily you're cutting corners or, you know, uh, uh, cutting quality, obviously, right? Uh, mm-hmm. that is, that is, there's also an important fact here. Um, another mantra that this goes along the line, and I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what you say about that one, is uh, grow a solution by starting minimal and, invo- and evolving. Um, why is that uh, a mantra? I, I think that re- resonates very well with somebody who has read the Agile Manifesto, for example. I think that just goes in the spirit with that. But what mm-hmm. did you find in your research on that? And why did it become a mantra? It's, um, it's one of those mantras that I struggled the most with in the book because I thought, is this, is this too specific? Um, is this not really the level of a mantra? Um, but I ultimately kept it in because the stories in that section are so powerful and so helpful, I think, to, um, to understand you know, the doing of, of agility. Um, so let's just, let's just go back to tennis for a second. Let's say you're mm-hmm. brand new to tennis. Love to, yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a good instructor is going to teach you the minimum necessary to just do a, a forehand or a backhand, the minimum. Mm-hmm. 
they're not going to get into all the nuances of bending your legs or this or that, or, you know, they're just going to try to get you initially to do the, the, the basic strokes, start minimal mm-hmm. and evolve from there. Right. So you could look at it from the point of view of like learning a, a, a sport or let's say learning an instrument. Right. Or um, I, you know, before I moved um, in my old house, we built a shed in the back. Um, and, you know, basically made a big mistake. It was a costly mistake. Um, okay. What we should have done was said, great, we're going to build this shed in the back. Not sure where to position it, but we kind of think over there would be a good place to put it. And it would have been great to then say, great, let's go buy some cardboard and let's erect the shred, the shed with some cardboard and see what it feels like. Right. Because that's a cheap, quick, start, minimal solution to mm-hmm. feeling out. And, and we didn't do that. Because um, I, ma- I make mistakes all the time, right? I'm, 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 I'm not a pillar of agility. I make plenty of mistakes. So yeah, they went ahead and poured concrete and then started to erect some of the, the wood uh, siding. And then I realized, wow, this is blocking one of my daughter's views. Mm-hmm. You know, And I knew it would, but I, w- I didn't realize how bad it would look. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we saw that, we're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not going to work. We have got to move the shed over so that it's in between these two windows. And uh, $3,000 later, you know, they moved the shed. And we could have, we could have failed faster. We could have learned faster with just a quick and dirty uh, cardboard version of this. Right. Um, to get a feel. And, and, you know, if you go back to like famous architects like Christopher Alexander, who wrote the books, uh, a pattern language, co-wrote those books, a pattern language and the timeless way of building. Mm-hmm. That's what they would do. They right. would put cheap, quick stuff up to see what does it feel like? How is this going to work for you? And, mm-hmm. and then evolve it and evolve. So evolutionary design is at the heart and soul of that mantra, start mm-hmm. minimal and evolve. Right. Uh, it applies to all kinds of things. Yeah. Once you pour cement, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> foundational, right? And then um, that's that's where the headaches begin. But you know, as you said, like some architects might even keep the structure up for a while and, and just live with it and, and feel uh, over time, right? So because your perception might change, uh, exactly, days, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, the same same applies to an article. Well, you know, here's the quick, early, rough draft, or even the idea for the article. What do you think? Give me feedback. Yeah. Uh, you know, just being able to learn faster, cheaply, right? right? Cheap, quick experiments. That's a key. That's a key to agility. Mm-hmm. And it's a key in all sorts of endeavors. So, you know, that, that ended up in the book. If I would take you back to tennis here as an example. So it's also motivational, right? To start with a forehand, backhand, simple routine of some sort, and then build on top of that. But you have the feeling of, success as a player or as a learner, uh, which is obviously uh, very important in that step rather than getting frustrated with an information overload. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And now on the counter side of this, though, I will say that a lot of times some of the biggest successes we've had with teams in the software field mm-hmm. has been where we bring them into, and I say they, these are willing co-conspirators, people that want to actually try this we would talk to them like do you want to do you want to try like real full-on agility and software development mm-hmm. you know yes no if they want to do it and they're willing to try it for let's say three four or five months we say great 
here's the experiment. We're going to be doing all of these awesome practices we've learned mm -hmm. from continuous flow to story mapping to continuous integration, continuous deployment, or continuous refactoring, mm -hmm. all, all the good stuff. Right. Uh, we're going to do it all at once. We're not going to be like, hey, you're so immature that the only thing you can do right now is learn this one practice. Mm -hmm. And then maybe six months later, we'll add another practice. Like That's very slow. That's very so, slow. There's all kinds of approaches to being agile. I don't, I don't claim to say there's one way. Mm -hmm. I don't think any framework would ever want you to do that too. Frameworks are meant to be adaptable. That's right. Um, but ultimately you're trying to get to your outcome. You're, you're trying to have success. And um, there's many ways to achieve success. And it's mm -hmm. not just like one way. So it's the art of coaching, right? That's what? That's the art of coaching. The art of coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I got some inspiration from Charles Duhigg. He's a Pulitzer Prize winning author. And he wrote The Power of Habit. He wrote, um, I think it's Smarter, Better, Faster. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was in Smarter, Better, Faster. He talks about the Japanese railway system, the bullet trains. Mm -hmm. And that was a situation where, um, you know, they they didn't take their trains and go from like, let's say 50 miles per hour to uh, 60 miles per hour or then 60 miles per hour. So they said, listen, we want the trains to go 120 miles per hour. And this right. is the 1950s we're talking about, mm -hmm. which seemed crazy. But they said, you have carte blanche, you can do whatever you want to make this happen, right? So they put this big, hairy, audacious goal into the laps of the railroad engineers and said, you know, do what you want, but please make this happen. Mm -hmm. Now that's, um, to me, that that was defined in the new new product development game in, in uh, the Harvard Business Review back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, the article by the uh, two Japanese gentlemen, I forget their names at the, at the moment. Mm -hmm. But they, they would say, give a big audacious goal to the team and then let them let them manage that, give them the freedom to manage that. Um, yeah, and there are so, some great examples like this in the world, right? Um, going to the moon, you know, like the, the railroad example. Yes. I mean, people can come together and, and group and build a team and and achieve something outstanding uh, if yes. there is a definition of that goal. That is really cool. Um, Joshua, I also want to uh, connect a little bit your uh, book in the title of your book and the joy of agility.com with uh, your talk in, in Nashville, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a keynote in uh, Nashville. So first and foremost, I can't even believe I'm, I'm saying this after two years of uh, COVID. Um, we're back in person. There is a conference yeah. in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Are you yeah. excited? I'm excited. I'm also a little apprehensive because I don't want to catch COVID. Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think um, I'm there to, to, I'm really there to deliver this important message to the community. Yeah. Um, I, I feel... Um, like again, I mean, I worked so hard on this book. I can't begin to tell you how hard I worked on it. And I feel like this is a message that the, the Agile community desperately needs. There are tons of people that have abandoned Agile because they, they view it now as this horrible project management, rigid thing mm -hmm. that basically hurts them more than helps them. Um, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lack of joy, let's just say, in, right. in a, a great deal of Agile implementations. Um, and I could easily have focused on that, you know, I mean, I could easily spent the wrote, wrote a book about how bad things are, <laughs> but that 
to me, it wasn't very helpful. I wanted to focus on what excites me so much about agility. What brings me joy from agility? And that that's that's the focus I, I, of the book. Great. And we're going to um, be there in Nashville. I think there's going to be a good gathering. For me, personally, I'll be there uh, as well. Um, it's like the starting point of Agile conferences again, being in person. I know there have been other conferences in person, but just personally for me, this is like the the starting point again, and I, I hope we're not going to fall deep in fall again with uh, more cases and cancellations of conferences. So I hope there is this is the beginning of something good um, again, so we can, especially in the Agile community, can regroup again, see each other, meet, collaborate, and do all the great stuff. Uh, so maybe that's the starting point. That would be wonderful. It's it's going to be wonderful, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think, um, you know, the... the uh, the chance to get together with like-minded folks is just there's yeah. nothing like it. The, the the you know Zoom's been great and the other video platforms, but there's just nothing like getting together with like-minded right. people and having productive conversations and you know so so forth. So I'm I'm super excited. I, I've been working extremely hard on the keynote as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're yeah. we're doing a lot of work on uh, sort of a a way of assessing agility then we'll be um, having some fun with that during the keynote. So mm -hmm. I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's for me, it's gonna be the second time I've given a keynote. So uh, for anyone who has not given a keynote at the Agile Conference, um, you might be hating me right now. Like, why is he getting a second shot at this thing? And well, um, I put myself forward and said, I've got something really important to say and I have this new book and I really feel like this is a key, the key thing for, for our community to hear. Right. Um, and, you know, yeah, of course I'd love to sell some books, but you know, I, I really love agility so much that it's not about money for me. Right. It's never been about money. I could have been certifying people <laughs> for years. We don't, we haven't certified a single soul. Um, we are big into training, but not into certifications that don't have any merit. Mm. Um, so to me, it's not about money. It's about the joy of agility, sharing that joy. And that's free. There's no payments involved in that learning you know to to succeed over your obstacles and challenges by being more agile right um that that is a wonderful thing right and that is the subtitle of your book how to solve problems and succeed sooner and that goes yeah. right along what you just said now uh just at the end joshua this is this has been great a great conversation uh thank you um i know you pointed out that this was hard work uh to put this book together I hope it was not too hard and too painful so that the next book will wait for another 18 years. Uh, so uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I do yes. want to thank you for spending your time and sharing your thoughts around that. Uh, some people got already two, three stories out uh, from you. There's plenty of stories in your book. Some folks will probably get some other stories in the uh, keynote in Nashville. I just want to say thank you and point everybody one more time to joyofagility.com. That's the website uh, for the book and actually much, much more. So Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you in Nashville. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.